0: I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> Courtney Patty.
1: <laughs> That's the country way. <laughs> That's <the> country. <laughs>
0: Patty. Good. Is it stuck? Testing. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, with good. Okay. The cameras are good. Cameras rolling. Cameras rolling. Audio is good. Y'all ready? Ready. I'm, I'm ready, bro. I That's told y'all so. I was born ready. Turn my mic up. You? Take there, yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch you nose in your business. All right, hustle fam, hustle fam. We are back with another amazing episode, and today I got Miss Courtney Petty, not Patty. Hetty <laughs> in the building. What's up Courtney?
1: Hey, how you doing? I'm
0: good, I'm good. Bumblebee dispatch.
1: Yes.
0: Oh man, listen, uh, this is a conversation I've been looking forward to having mm-hmm. which which with you. I I I've been hearing about Bumblebee Dispatch and I know you do a whole lot of other things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to get into your story today. Is that okay with you? I might be a little sure. bit nosy. I might it's, ask, look,
1: it's okay be nosy. Is
0: there anything that I can't
1: ask? You can ask whatever you want.
0: Okay. <laughs> she, she said it. you I like, ask whatever I want. All right. So, so we're going to get into the story. All right. So let, let's kind of start where we're at now. Bumblebee Dispatch. Tell me about your business, about your company. Talk okay.
1: About it. So Bumblebee is basically a one-stop shop in the logistics industry. We started off as a dispatch company. Um, and then we started doing authorities. We started managing other trucking companies. Now we have a trailer rental. We have over 150 trucks, trailers that we rent out. Um, we do authority setup services. We set up the LLCs, the INCs. We basically can take anyone that's looking to get into the trucking business from start to finish, mm. we also have an online training portal. So we have like the freight broker training, the freight dispatcher training. Um, anybody from the comfort of their home, they can access our training online. So we're pretty much a one stop shop in the logistics industry. We also on YouTube as well. Mm. So we have a following on YouTube um, and all over social media basically.
0: And here, I thought you only did dispatching. Look at that. Oh, you okay. do so much. I'm just kidding. I, I knew you did more than that. All right. So we're going to get into the story of how you got into this crazy world of transportation. Okay. Let's talk about it. Where are you from? Let's talk about your backstory a little, a little bit.
1: Okay. So I'm born and raised in Atlanta. I'm a okay. Georgia peach. A. Um, <laughs> a. I got started into trucking actually via my older brother. Okay. So my older brother's 12 years older than me, but he's always been in the um, trucking industry. So, he went to the federal penitentiary, and he told me, I'm going to teach you how to run a trucking business from prison. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, I actually didn't want to do trucking. At that time, I felt like trucking was mainly for guys. You know, I was very young, early 20s, and um, he would tell me, you need to run a trucking business. So, anyway, when he came home, went to the halfway house, and he was coming home, We started the freight brokerage Okay, and it's not as easy as it seems. A lot of people think they can get into the brokerage industry and I always tell them that brokering is similar to real estate because once you finish real estate school, now you have to go out and find a home to sell.
0: Mm, Okay, So
1: the same thing with brokering, when you finish your training, you have to go and get a shipper with freight and then you have to move that freight before you actually make some money. Um, So we did that. It was extremely hard. And then my brother started his trucking company. When he started his trucking company, um, I basically started managing the company for him. And then I started to contract myself out. And I'm like, if I can manage his company, I can do this for other guys in the industry. And so I started to manage other guys. I started to dispatch them. And I remember um, one week in dispatching, I made over $2,000 that week. Mm -hmm. And I had never made that for working for anybody. This was from the comfort of my home, in my pajamas, with a laptop, cell phone, and a printer. I made over $2,000. By 12, 1 o'clock, I was done. I had, you know, I could do whatever I want to do. So I just kept growing. I just kept getting more clients, more dispatch clients. And then as I started to grow, I started to partner with people in the industry. So factoring companies. ELDs. We actually, you know, if someone needs an electronic log or ELD, we get them set up with that. We provide factoring solutions, um, the BOC3. So I just kept basically expanding my business. And that's basically what I did. And that first year, I had made over six figures and I just kept multiplying and going from there.
0: First year, you made over six figures. All right. So mm-hmm. let, let's slow down a little bit. Okay. All right. Because you just went through a whole lot. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to start from the beginning. Your brother. Was he bought a, he had a truck already or he just was, he had a dream of just getting into trucking.
1: So my brother always been in trucking. Okay. So ever since I was younger, okay, he was in the trucking industry. Gotcha. And then he got caught up. Went to prison. Yes. But he
0: was telling you about the industry from prison. He said, he's going to teach you how to run business while he's in prison correct now he he had a business like actual business at this time
1: he had a trucking business before he got incarcerated okay so how big
0: was that business
1: um i don't think it was that big maybe two trucks okay you know it wasn't a small business small business all right
0: and he tells you that you can run it for him
1: well i don't know if he wanted me to run that one or just he wanted to teach me about the trucking okay got you
0: got you okay so He encourages you to get into trucking, Mm -hmm. and the first thing you do is you actually help him run his business, correct?
1: When he comes home. When he comes home. Yes.
0: All right, so you're running this small business with two trucks, two Mm -hmm. or so trucks, right? All right, cool. So tell me a little bit about that. What type of business was it? What type of freight were you guys running? Because I'm trying to get the whole picture to understand how you were able to start from there to build out this elaborate operation you have now. Okay. So what what was that business doing?
1: So first, let me go back a little bit. We started with freight brokering.
0: So when he got
1: out, my mother put up the money and the funds to get the brokerage started. Okay, and I was the one doing everything. He put everything in my lap, basically. Like I need you to do this. He's very militant. Okay, so he would call me at five o'clock in the morning. Wake up. I need you to call shippers. People call me a boss, but he's way bossier than me. (laughs)
0: Right.
1: Um. So we started with that, but it wasn't easy. And so then he was able to um, get resources to get his trucking company started. Okay. And so as he started that first trucking company, that first tractor, it was just him. Okay. Then he went to hire a driver, and then I started managing his drivers for him. Okay. Basically.
0: Got you. So you guys were actually like a bonded brokerage and all that. Mm -hmm. You you had an official brokerage company. Correct. So what happened with that company?
1: With that brokerage, it was just hard. I mean, it took me months to actually... Uh, broker a load I did get back into brokering after I learned a little bit more about trucking and that's why I tell people knowledge is power but it's the applied knowledge Mm. so I needed to learn more about trucking because I was kind of green to it you know my brother was just throwing everything putting everything on my lap and it was a lot for me to handle so once um You know, his trucking company started and I started to dispatch the freight. I saw the other end of it. Uh, So from the broker's perspective, now I have the trucking perspective. And then I put those two together and then I started a freight brokerage. And then from there, I got more into teaching. Mm. Other people, how to open up, how to start a freight brokerage. Because when I got started, it wasn't any information on YouTube. Right. So basically, I just had this brother that had to teach me everything. But I didn't really have resources to go to to get help or find out, you know, um, what I could do if I had any answers or anything. So that's when I started the YouTube. And our YouTube kind of started more of the freight brokering for people that are looking to get into the industry. And they didn't, you know, have the resources, basically.
0: Okay. Okay. So you start the trucking company and you start... Helping them run that company after the brokerage, right? After the brokerage, that's okay, correct. Okay, so what is that chucking? And if, what what year are we in? What where are we at now?
1: Uh, let's see. This was probably 2013 2014 Okay, somewhere around. So there. about
0: seven years ago. Yes. All right. What what's what's the company? What's your niche? What are you guys running?
1: Um, he does dry van, power-only, um, and flatbeds. Okay. And that's more of his company. So Bumblebee is what I started doing on my own. It
0: was an offshoot of basically that. Cause Correct. Because you, you were helping him with that company and you started Bumblebee. Yeah,
1: and I started helping other guys with their companies, okay. basically. Okay, got you. Mm-hmm. You started
0: dispatching for other people. Correct. Correct? Okay, mm-hmm. so what was like your niche with dispatching? Like what type of freight were you dispatching? Um,
1: mm-hmm. We pr- Pretty much power-only, flatbeds, okay. step-dads, drive vans, reefers. Okay. That's kind of what I stay with with. Um, I have dispatch hot shots, um, but I really like to do just the semi-trucks, dry vans, reefers, flatbeds, step debts, and power onlys.
0: Okay. And then earlier, you said in your first week, you did your first month, you did how much? The first week. First week.
1: Yes. Um, I think I only had like three or four carriers. I don't really remember. Okay. But I remember making 2000 that week. Okay. Now, prior to trucking, I used to work for Clayton County Police Department. Okay. What happened was my daughter's father was in the military, and he passed away at 28. He had a mm. heart attack. Okay. So that prompted me. I used to work a lot, 12-hour shifts. And I'm like, God, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I stepped out on faith. So this was kind of in the time where my brother was coming home from prison, right. and I just stepped out on faith. I quit my job. I really didn't know that you know, I was going to go in the trucking field at that time. Right. Um, but I wanted to be there with my child. So that kind of prompted me to kind of push short trucking because remember at first when he kept telling me about trucking I didn't want to do trucking <laughs> right, I'm right like right. I don't want to do that right
0: <laughs> right right but it, but it made sense because you could yes. be home it would fit your lifestyle or correct. lifestyle you were trying to to live
1: correct okay mm-hmm.
0: so how did you get your first carriers when you started your dispatch company
1: Craigslist okay yes tell um, me about that. Basically, I love Craigslist. Craigslist has made me a lot of money over the years. Okay. Um, but basically, I just ran an ad on Craigslist, and then I had carriers to start calling me.
0: Okay.
1: Um, from there, What'd I What the w- ad look like? Basically, owner-operators with own authority- Um, Dispatch services. I think I was charging ten percent at the time. Okay, and probably my phone number, something like that. My website, and they would call. Okay, and the calls just started coming in.
0: You got a large influx of calls or a couple calls? How I got a lot. Okay, okay, (laughs)
1: maybe about twenty or thirty calls in the first few days. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay, but you didn't end up actually closing all those carriers, Mm-mm, right? No. So, what happened with the... with the You could just couldn't manage them all?
1: Well, you know, some people will call you, just like now. Just I get a lot of phone calls, right. and they, they may say, I want to do this, I want to do that, and they may circle back around. They okay. don't really make that move. Um, so, I would say out of the 20, maybe I started with four or five. Okay. And I just kept building from there.
0: Got you. So, this is interesting because... This is just uh, people ask all the time. This is one of the frequently asked questions. So what did you say to those carriers being kind of new, a new dispatcher, a new dispatch company? Mm -hmm. What was your pitch?
1: We have a lot of freight. (laughs) When are you ready?
0: (laughs) Right. Was it the truth?
1: It was. It was the truth. Yeah, we have a lot of freight. Yeah. Okay.
0: So where were you getting all the freight from? The
1: low boards. OK, Really, you okay. know. So your dad, and then I built relationship with brokers as well um, throughout the years. So a lot of times I can call the brokers. We have that rapport. We have that relationship. They would just give me the freight. Mm. You know, if they know I can handle it, um, they would give it to me.
0: Got you, got you. Okay, so mm-hmm. you start dispatch. You said for about four different carriers.
1: Yeah, yeah, roughly about four. About mm-hmm. four, and
0: this is within the first couple months or so. Mm-hmm. And then how how big do you grow that?
1: Uh, really big. So from there, I started dispatching them. What happened is we started to get carriers that had power onlys, right? Mm-hmm. So with power only freight, um, let's just say we were looking at a load board here in Atlanta. If you have a dry van or you have a trailer, there may be over five to six six hundred loads available. If it's a power only, that's going to narrow down maybe to 30, Okay, so you could get freight, but it's harder because now when you have this new carrier, you got to look at their authority. How long has your authority been active? If it's under 30 days or 90 days now, some of the brokers may not even utilize them. So what I basically did from there, I'm like, okay, if these carriers can't get trailers, I'm going to go out and get trailers and rent it to them. It's going to make my job easier. Mm. So what I did, I actually went to the bank, got a loan and said, my credit's good. Let's see what happens. And got a loan, got two trailers. At that time, I was doing about $600 a month per trailer, Okay. which was $1,200. I started with two. My note to the bank was only $400. So I was making an $800 profit. And on top of that, I was dispatching them. Wow. So I kept redoing that same process again. Okay. Um, I was buying all of my trailers from Warner. Okay. And I just kept flipping it.
0: OK, how much did the trailers first like initial trailers cost you
1: about 10,000 per trailer
0: about 10,000. OK, so mm-hmm. you see this opportunity where there's all these power only trucks out there, opportunities. They have no trailers. So mm-hmm. you say, let me go buy some trailers. Correct. Aside from just the fact that the, you, you saw the need, like what made you confident to think that that would work?
1: Faith. Mm. Again, the other side of fear is freedom. Right. So in life, a lot of people what stops them is fear. So remember when I talked about leaving my job from the police department, yep. not knowing what I was gonna do, I had a child, a dependent that was dependent on me. It was faith. It was just, Hey, I gotta do this. So at the end of the day, um I felt like I didn't know if it was going to work or not work, to be honest with you. But it worked. And I'm glad it did work. Right, 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 right. right. (laughs) But it was just faith. It was just stepping out on faith. Hey, let's try something new. And I will tell you, that actually changed my life. So trucking has allowed me to elevate in life. Um, I've made a lot of money in trucking. I've started other businesses because of trucking. So just that decision of starting with those two trailers, um, it started to create passive income, whereas you have a lot of people that get into the real estate industry, right? And they want to, let's say, get houses and rent them out. So from my, um, I kind of basically did that with, with trucking and trailers, where I get a trailer for 10000 but I'm making 600 a month. Whereas if you get a house, let's say a $100,000 house, you may only make 600 or $700 a month on your rent, but you got to still have that mortgage of that $100,000, you got to pay back. Mm. So for me, it made more sense to just get the trailers, rent them out, and just keep repeating that process.
0: Yeah. Nah, I love that. And, and and obviously made you more marketable as well. Right. Because you probably put this now in your marketing material like we also have trailers also. Correct. Right? So this was this grew your your, your dispatch capabilities. As well. It grew yeah. and, or
1: anything else I didn't truck in trucking. because now, you know, as I added on the trailer rental, then I'm like, OK, what else can I do? Well, people pay for something they don't know or something they don't want to do. Mm. So now guys are coming to me, can you set my authority up? Can you help me with this? I also do business consultations. Um, So it's just, I just kept expanding basically.
0: How large did you go the dispatch to? How how many carriers?
1: Um, I want to say over 200.
0: Over 200 carriers. Mm -hmm. How were you managing all those carriers? Were you doing it by yourself or did you have a team? No,
1: I can't do 200 by myself. Okay, all
0: right, I was about to say, (laughs) cut cut, cut the broadcast. Uh I don't believe her. What's going on? So tell me about building a team. Tell me about that. So
1: I started off with the freight dispatch training. Okay. So what I would do, because a lot of people would go take trainings for a lot of different companies and they sell them dreams. So I would take my students that actually do my training and I would use them as interns. And then as I get people that want to, you know, get dispatch services, here you go. Give them about two to three weeks, maybe to dispatch them. Now I'm going to also pay them. Mm. so now instead of them doing dispatch and they got to go out here and try to find carriers you don't need to find carriers i got the carriers mm. learn to dispatch now i'm going to also pay you and so most of the um dispatchers they, they work from home yeah you know they live in other states they work from home
0: man you smart man that's, Thank that's, you. that's 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 some good stuff Thank so you. you so you train people to dispatch then you mm-hmm. employ them as your dispatchers, mm-hmm. and now they're taking care of these, these, these large carrier networks. Are you still dispatching 200 trucks? Or
1: Yeah, well, I don't personally well, do the, it. The whole yes, operation yes. Mm-hmm. is over
0: 200 trucks. What's the, uh, the 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 mix in terms of like the type of trucks that you guys dispatch? Do you do everything, or so, what do you specialize in?
1: Again, the semis, so your power onlys, flatbeds, dry vans, reefers, step desks Every now and then, RGNs, that's going to be for like your oversized freight, mm-hmm. um, but mainly just your dry van, flat bad you know we don't do hot shots or uh, box trucks okay because I haven't figured out really with the box trucks um, how to get that freight a lot of times they need contracts Um, Amazon is out there they could sign up with Amazon too but we mainly stick with the semi trucks
0: okay got Mm -hmm. you all right so for someone who wants to get into dispatching right Mm -hmm. what will be your advice to them they're fresh they're they're coming into the business what's the first steps they should take
1: Uh, gain knowledge that's going to be the first thing with anything you want to do in life. Do your research, gain knowledge. And if they're looking at us as an option, they can go to our website. They can give us a call. They can um, – bumblebeedispatch.com is the website. They can send us an email if they have any questions. Uh, we're on YouTube, and we have a lot of helpful information at Bumblebee Dispatch. Mm-hmm. We talk about dispatch. We talk about brokering, trucking, pretty much anything in logistics. So a lot of times, any questions they have – if they go on there, it may answer their questions that they have as well.
0: Got you. Where do you find most people stumble when they get into dispatching?
1: Um, most people stumble because they, they don't know how to get carriers. Okay. You know, that's what anything. Everybody isn't good with sales, but any business you have, you have to get your clientele. Right. You see what I'm saying? And that's right. where the sales come in at.
0: Got you, got Mm -hmm. you. Okay, so now you build this trailer business on top of that. So you said you were renting the trailers for six hundred a month back then. Back then, (laughs) about to say
1: back then. Okay, yeah. So now it's It's, the price that went up because you know there's a trailer shortage going on. There is
0: a trailer shortage. The other
1: day, I had one trailer become available. I sent out a mass because they keep them. Yeah. Nobody turns my trailers back in. Right. I sent out a mass email. Do you know I got over two hundred emails? Of people that wanted that trailer. I also partner with dealerships here in Atlanta. The sales reps are calling me. Courtney, I need that trailer. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's kind of like with the housing market. Everything is going up. So in the trucking industry, trailers, tractors... Um, their overpriced is going up. It's a shortage. Yeah, you know, yeah. so which is good business for me. For sure, just great. <laughs> so seat that to was bad then. I don't want nobody to call me and yeah. say you got trailers for six hundred dollars because yeah. that ain't that's not true. So
0: what would somebody be spending now around? You're looking at at least
1: a thousand a month, and okay. I mean it depends because like I have flat baths that's going for like three fifty a week. I mean it just really depends on the trailer they're getting. Um, drive ins are going to be tr- uh, cheaper. We only do drive ins and flatbeds. Okay, and step dads. we don't do refrigerated trailers at all okay they're just way more expensive to handle
0: okay Mm -hmm. how do you store all these trailers where do you put them Um, well they're usually out
1: well they when they're not if they're not i have uh parking lots you can store and things i don't own the parking lots but you know they have parking lots where you can store it do you
0: have like tracking devices on them
1: i do okay Mm
0: -hmm. okay got Mm -hmm. you okay so when you're starting a trailer rental business let's talk about that what what provisions do you have to put into place in order to run that successfully
1: um well we do lease agreements so we do like a minimum six month. i would say make sure you have a lawyer on your team that can go over your agreements make sure you're well protected um and then we can do consultations on it as as well but it's really easy okay um i mean you go out and buy the trailer if you can find the trailer we do a deposit we do minimum six months we don't do credit checks. so a lot of people come to us because you have to realize Someone get into the trucking industry. A lot of times they exhausted all of their funds. They've got their authority. They put ten thousand down on a tractor. You know, just getting everything up and going. And insurance is very expensive. Yeah. Um, I've had a guy too out of Kentucky. We did his authority. He went to go get insurance and it was twelve thousand dollars down payment for him to put on his insurance. Mm. Now, that could have had something to do with his NVR. I'm not sure. Right. Um, I had a guy out of Florida about seven thousand down. So a lot of times they exhaust their funds. OK. And they can't go out and get a trailer. So we don't do credit check um, and we kind of make it easy. We don't put you through all that red tape and things of that nature.
0: Got you. And you said you get your trails from Werner.
1: I use I get them from wherever now. From wherever when now. I started out, it was one. Okay, so mm-hmm.
0: how do you find trailers? Um, what,
1: what, what, what is what, the truck online? Google.
0: Uh, <laughs> you just Google trailers, trailers for, sale? for sale. Or okay, so okay, so next, how do you know what's a good trailer to buy? What do what are you what is what specs are you looking for to know that this is a trailer that I want to purchase that's worth. You know, okay what, go ahead, go ahead,
1: so most of the time drive-ins are standard i need a 53 foot swing door um some drivers like Why air
0: swing instead of roll-up
1: because that's what the the brokers when they go and get loaded when they go to the dock they need the doors to be swing door because they have the uh, forklifts that drive in there so with a roll-up door you're going to lose a few inches because it don't go all the way up so a lot of times if you see like the u.s mail they have the roll-up doors. Mm-hmm. But with the swing door, is wider. So now you can get those pallets in there like they need. The forklifts are going in and out. So a lot of the shippers and brokers require that. Okay. Okay, so it's the most popular
0: one. So you always get looking for a swing door. Correct. 53 foot? Yes. No 48s?
1: 48s when it comes to flatbeds, but not when it comes to dry in Because okay. you need to make sure it can fit whatever amount of pallets. So 53 foot swing doors for dry vans. Um, Vented? Or non-vented? No, I don't really do vented. Vented if you're doing, like, a lot of produce or things of that nature. I just do the standard drive van. Okay. hmm Okay.
0: C- continue. What else? Okay. What other specs are you looking um,
1: for? Flat beds, they're simple. You got a 48-foot or a 53-foot, basically. Some have the headboard on it. Some don't. It's really just the carrier's preference. Um, but that's basically it. I don't do refrigerated because with the refrigerated reefers, back then – um, a brand new refrigerated reefer was about fifty thousand. A used was about twenty. I'm pretty sure those prices have went up. Mm. And then with the refrigerated reefer,s you have hours, so you're running that motor. And a reefer has a motor on it. It's kind of like your car. You have to service your car motor. That's something else that have to be serviced. So as me, as far as renting that out, I don't want to do that. And someone just tears up the trailer. And then it's gonna cost more repairs. Right. So I just stick with dry vans, flatbed, stepdad.
0: How do you maintain your trailers?
1: Well, the carriers are responsible for maintenance. We don't charge a mileage. Um, but however, when they bring it back in, we do take it to get a full DOT inspection. Um, before we rent it out to someone else.
0: Got you. Have you ever had any horror stories with renting out trailers to people? Oh,
1: several. Tell me about yes. one. Yes. <laughs> um, so there was this one guy here in at Atlanta, down okay. in Noonan. Okay. Um, now I'm thinking, he mainly had a trucking company, so he wasn't a driver. Okay. He actually rented three trailers from me. A um, few weeks went by, I didn't receive a payment, so I'm trying to figure out what's going on. He returned two of my trailers, but the third one, he didn't. So at this time, I had to get a lawyer. I had to take him to court um, and actually take a warrant out for his arrest, to be mm. honest with you. Oh, wow. Um, and, and again, you know, any business, you learn from it. So you learn different things of, um, with a lawyer. You know, at that time, I didn't have a lawyer on my team. Now I do. So it's just about growing. You know, you learn from mistakes. Um, but anyway, took a warrant out for his arrest. He didn't want to go to jail and he had his lawyer contact me to kind of do a settlement and he did pay me for the trailer. What it was, he had a driver. I don't know what happened between him and the driver, but the driver must have took off with his truck and trailer. And now if, if anyone has a driver, they have to give us their driver information. Mm. You know, I need a photo ID copy of that driver to let the driver know, hey, Bumblebee owns this trailer, not the guy you're um, running for.
0: Right. You know, basically. Right. Or we can
1: get in contact with him.
0: Right. You know, right. right. Mm-hmm. What, what business do you love more? The dispatch business or the uh, trailer rental?
1: Well, the trailer rental, everything in trucking is under Bumblebee dispatch. Mm-hmm. Um, I love trucking. Mm-hmm. I mean, trucking is my heart because that's what again allowed me to elevate in life um i do have multiple businesses that i own now but trucking was that foundation of it right you know so the trailer rental of course is easy you know people just pay weekly i don't really have to do anything yeah um but i just love trucking in general
0: right right Mm -hmm. so so aside from the trailer rental, you start you start adding these other businesses, other services to your business. Can you talk about those again? You said ELDs, anything? Some other ones?
1: Sure, sure. Um, electronic log device. Um, basically, back in the day, the truckers used to have to do the paper logs. Mm-hmm. Now they do the electronic logs, so we can get them set up with that. Um, factoring. You know, we partner with a large factoring company. If they need factoring, they would just go to our website, click on the factoring. Um, Button at the top, and they can sign up for factoring services, um, and fuel cards. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have to actually email them the fuel card application, but they could send us an email, and we send it to them, or they can contact us. It doesn't matter.
0: Got you. All right. I, I mean, you, you you make this whole process sound like it was so simple, <laughs> man. I'm just like, this is a lot that you have going on. So mm-hmm. tell me about some early struggles that you had in your business. I mean, getting started because people people. People watch this show because they 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 are struggling in some mm-hmm, areas, or mm-hmm. they want to be inspired and know that you know it's th- there's light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your early days getting started in Dispatch. Just tell me, you know, what was going on and how did you kind of. You, you know, persevere.
1: So my main struggle was going to be the freight brokering. Okay. Actually, I love dispatch. <laughs> okay, okay. But um, freight brokering because it wasn't easy. You know, right. it was hard going out to get customers, even though I was able to accomplish that. It's just that a lot of people get into the industry and they think that they're going to just start making money right away. Right. And that's not true. Again, like with the real estate, you have people that go to school to be an agent, and when they're done, they're thinking, I'm going to be a multimillionaire real estate
0: agent. <laughs> right.
1: But you, they are working a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, that was going to be my early struggles. Now, as far as dispatch, when I first started to expand the dispatch business, um, hiring dispatchers. So at first they didn't go through my training, you know, I, I needed to grow because I had all these carriers coming in. I needed more dispatchers. There was um, a situation where this one guy, I basically trained him and he started stealing my customers. Mm. Um, so I didn't know about a non compete, but then I, again, I learned about that. I got my non compete together, right. um, but he would basically go and poach my customers and offer them a lower dispatch fee. And start taking them from me. So that was a real struggle because now you're taking money out of my pocket. Right. You see what I'm saying? And right. it's someone that I kind of helped. I didn't know him. Um, he was someone that would call. He knew about Bumblebee. He would actually call me all the time. Can you teach me? I really want to get started. You know, he was very eager in the beginning. And then after he learned everything, he basically started taking my customers. Wow. So that was just, you know, a learning experience. Um, you know.
0: What, what What does training look like?
1: Training, everything is digital. Okay. So everything is online. Okay. Um, and what the, type
0: of topics? Let's, like, let's get into the different topics that you would cover in training when okay. training the dispatcher. So
1: as far as dispatch, we're going to go everything from beginning to end. We take you step by step, um, setting up your LLC, creating that EIN number, um, how to find your carriers to dispatch, how to use a load board, um, setting up your carrier packet. You know, when you get a new customer for dispatch, how you get paid. So we basically take you step by step from dispatching from beginning to end. Same thing with our freight broker training. Um, Everything is step by step.
0: OK, mm-hmm. got you. So let, let's let's talk about some of that stuff. Let's 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 give a little bit of okay. some spoilers. Real OK, quick. OK. So so tell me, how do you find carriers? Now, you, you, you talked about finding uh, dry, dry, well, carriers mm-hmm. to Craigslist. OK, list, right. Tell well, that some, was on Dispatch. That, in. Yeah. That was dispatching. So, so, so talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Another um, resource is Facebook. Okay. So what I normally do is I join Facebook groups. And the power of networking is just amazing. Um, So I would say join Facebook groups and put yourself out there. You know, let people know, hey, I'm a dispatcher. And if you're a new dispatcher, you want your fees or rates to be low. You don't wanna to be too high. When I first got started in the game, um, I was at 10%. I do 5% now, 5 to 7. Okay. Okay, if they're power only, they're 7. If they are they have a trailer, it's 5. Okay. Um, mainly because I wanna be competitive. You know, there are dispatches charging 10, 12, 14%, but in the beginning, you wanna build up your clientele. You know, so I would say make sure you charge a lower rate and networking. So Facebook, Craigslist, anywhere you can post ads, you know, create an Instagram account. Start with the hashtags, you know, just start building up that following so people know that you are a dispatcher and you are available.
0: Got you. What other ways do you stand out aside from competing in price?
1: Um, I feel like my company stands out because we have so much to offer. So when I look at Bumblebee Dispatch, I see an Amazon or Walmart, but for the logistics industry, mm-hmm. where if I get a customer, I want to be able to service all of the that customer needs where they don't have to go elsewhere. You see, we right. keep it in-house and it becomes a family where, okay, this customer needed their authority, but guess what? Now we have factoring. Do you need a trailer for rent? Do you need dispatch services? Where I can basically handle all of your needs. You don't have to go anywhere else.
0: Got you. How do you Mm -hmm. find shippers?
1: Shippers, um, they're all around us. So the easiest way to find shippers is go home, open up your refrigerator, open up your pantry. (laughs) Everything we utilize, what people don't realize, they kind of make it hard, but everything we utilize as consumers have to be transported via a truck. So when you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth, that Crest toupees, that's a shipper. When you get gas in your car, I mean, fuel is getting delivered. So just look in your house, start in your pantry, start in your bathroom, write the names down, go on the website, start uh, researching them and figure out how can I move this freight? Even if you're a new freight broker, and some shippers may require, let's say, five years in business. Um, they may have requirements that you don't have. Least you know, this is what I need to get on with the shipper. And once I meet these qualifications, now I'm able to get with this shipper, even if it's Tyson. Mm. You see? Mm. So just start at your house. Air, hair products, beauty products, everything we use, someone mates it. You know, and just start there.
0: Makes a lot of sense. How, how do you price your lanes?
1: Well, a lot of the shippers um, some of the shippers in, in, that I've dealt with, they let us know what the freight is. okay so we basically just try to make a cut. So if I have a shipper and let's say they're paying thousand dollars for a load, um, I may try to you know broker it for 800, right but it's a negotiation process. Right. Another thing is volume. So even if let's say I make fifty dollars off a load and I'm pushing a thousand loads that day, it's the volume. Right. So I try not to be greedy. I try to make sure the carrier, you want to make sure you build that relationship with the carrier. And even if you go lower and you don't make a big of a cut, how much can you move?
0: Got you. You so, see? So what about when you're, like, if you're working off the load board and you could pretty much negotiate that rate, how do you, like, you know, figure out what you want to pay? Like, what's your... What do you think about like in terms of like hot markets and all that? Talk about that that, uh, framework.
1: So on the dispatch end, if you're working off a low board and you call a broker, Mm -hmm. I always teach my dispatchers ask for more money. (laughs) I know it sounds crazy, but I'm working for two different ends here. But the reason why I've gotten four to $500 extra on a low just by asking. Mm. So on the dispatch end, if I'm a dispatcher, and a broker tells me, Oh, I'm paying a thousand dollars, can you do fifteen hundred? <laughs> it sounds like a lot, but if I ask for twelve, let's say I ask for twelve and you wanna give me ten fifty or eleven, but I ask for fifteen and you give me thirteen. Right. You see? Right. So I always tell them to ask for more money and you never know what you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, most carriers at least want two dollars a mile, mm-hmm. depending on the trailer. So you try to at least meet their minimum when they come over for dispatch, they're gonna let you know. Well, my minimum is $1.95, $2, you know, right. two fifteen, And so you try to meet that goal, but I always ask for more money.
0: Are there any telltale signs that you look for when you're working off the load board that would make you say, all right, if you see this, this, you know you can go on for the kill?
1: Um. Okay, listen, <laughs> just last week, we had a load that yeah. was just, the price was uh, just crazy. And I'm going to tell you, so it was 53 miles. And it paid $1,000 for a drive-in. Okay. So that broker actually had two of those loads. We had a carrier that was supposed to pick it up. He would have did two loads at 53 miles each for $2,000, where if he would have delivered both of them, we could have got him a third load Mm. for that day. So now we're adding more revenue onto his truck, and he's a power only. However, the load did get canceled. So they said it wasn't ready, but that was a really good low. So jump on it, you know, Um, but you'll kind of figure out like when you're on the low board and you see lows, I mean, you see something $5 a mile, that's a good rate, but still call that broker because... Is there any is there multiple drops like why is this low paying five dollars a mile that's not normal right so is it a hot low where they just need it to get there fast or what else is going on with this low?
0: right right are there mm-hmm. any markets that you try to stay out of areas you try to stay away from
1: um we mainly run the southeast regions with our carriers that come on they we allow them to tell us, where they want to go and don't want to go. Mm. Some carriers may not want to do the mountains because with the weight and going up the mountains, it may burn more fuel, put more on their transmission. Um, 80% of our carriers is the Southeast region.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Got you. And so, so basically um, that, that's like also the hot markets too. Correct. They run the Southeast. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Got you. Now that's, that, that, that's interesting that you have a a tight operation. So how, how do you manage all of your dispatches? Like, you, you work with a bunch of... How many dispatchers are you working with now?
1: I don't even remember the number, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, it's probably tw- right at 30, probably. Around 30? Yeah, I think. So
0: how, how do you guys, like, like uh, how, how do you communicate on a regular basis? So I whatsoever? don't
1: necessarily... I have someone that's kind of in charge of the okay. dispatcher, so I don't really have to you know talk so when to them. You, let's
0: say when you started when you were building it okay like how, how are you building it out to where everybody could be kind of in sync
1: so basically what I did in the beginning is if I have a dispatcher I would give them a carrier I'll let them call the carrier introduce introduce theirself. um, and then from there that's their baby they have to manage this carrier these are the carrier expectations um, as they book the freight or the loads for the carriers they would send us the copy of that rate confirmation. To a specific email. Okay. So that way we can keep up with the lows at that particular dispatcher book for that week. Okay. 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 Um, and they still do that to this day. So they any rate confirmations, they email us. They also email the carriers and they dispatch the drivers. Um, so it's kind of like a system in place. And then we pay weekly. So every week, direct deposit.
0: Okay. So now with with the freight brokering, so you, you never got back into freight brokerage, right? I did.
1: I started um, the, the freight brokerage again. Okay.
0: You did start it again. Yes. Okay. And I was
1: doing very well with it, but I it's like my heart was to dispatch. Okay. So I didn't want to have so much because with the brokering, you got your shippers calling, you have people on the load board calling. So what I did is I focused more on training people and even with the brokerage i would take in the students and allow them to work under my brokerage okay but i still had the dispatch going on as well so i had the freight brokerage and the dispatch my heart was more towards dispatch okay the money was faster it was easier to get carriers with the brokering you had more overhead dispatch is no overhead right because guess what everybody has internet you have a laptop you have a phone with brokering, you have to have an authority, just like a trucking company. Right. You have to have a surety bond, so it makes money. But for me, my money was coming faster with dispatch, so I just said, "Let me focus on this." But I'll still train people how to become freight brokers, because again, when I got started, it was no information out there. Right. So I still have the freight brokerage training, but I'm more towards the dispatch.
0: So does this, is the freight brokerage still active, or did no. you dissolve
1: it? I dissolved that. Okay, so you dissolved yeah. that and you just focus more on dispatch. Okay, and training.
0: Okay, and yes. training. <laughs> got you. So you, you said that uh, trucking and has allowed you to open up, like, create more opportunities for you. Tell me about some other businesses that oh, you're involved in. sure,
1: no problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, basically, I got a vending company. Okay. And how I got started in vending, I was at Sam's one day, and I saw these two guys, they had a straight truck. I'm looking at the straight truck because I'm in the trucking industry. Right. But I'm curious. You know, and I'm like, why are they putting all these honey buns and tater chips in this straight truck? What is going on? (laughs) Right. So I go and approach them and I'm like, hey, do you guys have a convenience store? And he said, no, we have vending machines. And I'm like, oh, I never thought about vending machines. Mm -hmm. So from that point, um, I basically started doing research on vending and vending machines. And um, since I was already making passive income with the trailers, I'm like, okay, I can start this business for my kids. Right. And show them how to create passive income. So we started with the bubblegum machines. You know, the little twenty five cent the quarter you put yeah, in the yeah, machine yeah, and, yeah, turn yeah, and turn it. Turn, okay. We started there. We start I had a um, locator. He would place them for me. Okay. But they didn't really make a lot of money. Right. I mean, I'm like, you have to have a lot of these things. <laughs> right. So from there, I wanted to do full-on vending. I wanted the snap machines. I wanted the drink machines. And I just kept every day. I was on YouTube. It was a few people on YouTube I follow, and I would watch their collections. Okay. They would do vending collections. And I'm like, I want me some vending machines. Right. Um, I ran across this company in Florida. They had a sales rep here in Georgia. And basically, that's how I kind of got started into it. Um, My first location was a warehouse here in McDonough, Georgia. And when I got that first location, again, go back to faith and fear.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, They found me a location. They said, Courtney, this location needs six machines, and it's going to be $40,000. I said, I'm not paying $40,000 for no vending machines. (laughs) right? Right. (laughs) But, again, you know, from leaving the police department, from getting trailers, it's always been faith. And that's always elevated me. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. Mm. Um, I did do my research. I found this other guy. I want to say he was in Maryland. He said, Courtney, if they got you, he wasn't even with their company. He was with a totally different company. Okay. He was like, if they found you a location with 200 employees and with the 40,000, I didn't have to pay that up front. They do financing. Right. So the power of credit, everything in this world is financeable. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I only had to put 10% down, which is like $4,000, but I had a monthly payment of like 800 a month. He said, "Courtney, you're going to make your money." He said, "Can you keep up?" Basically, you're <laughs> right. going to be there every day. Can you keep up? Right, right, right. So, I said, "Okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it." So, I signed the paperwork. That facility started making me 250 a day.
0: $2.50 In one a day. day. In one day? That's great.
1: Okay. So I kept going from there. Started yeah. getting more locations. Then, to cut down on some of the price, I started getting my own locations. Okay. Because the sales rep, they were putting they, their fees in and things of that nature. So I just started doing more marketing and advertising. Now I have companies to call me. We also have coffee service now. Um, right now, I have about 30 vending machines. Mm. So, and it's growing. So. Wow.
0: Yeah. So, how much on average does a vending machine bring in, like weekly or monthly?
1: Um, right now I'm doing about probably about 15,000 a month
0: 15, in the vending with, with all of them, with all the, vendors. yeah, with
1: all, with all my that's machines. Dope, yeah. Man. Now that's gross. Yeah, so that's my gross. net will be half of that. Cause okay. usually let's say you get a honey bun for 50 cent. You're going to sell it for a dollar. Yeah. Some things I'm able to triple, but usually if I'm, if I'm grossing uh, 15 on vending, I always say my net is half.
0: Got you. And do mm-hmm. you have to you have to stack uh, supply the vending machines yourself, or do you have somebody doing that for you?
1: I do have help, but me and my daughter actually go out and do it sometimes. Okay, because I don't really do anything, so I sometimes I want to be a little active and just. Right. I don't want to just sit, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and amongst that, I, my son is seven. Okay. So I just started him an ice cream truck business. Okay. That is doing. Really well.
0: Ice cream truck business? He has an ice
1: cream truck. It's named after him. Okay. And, um, I mean, it's doing really well.
0: So you purchased an ice cream truck?
1: I purchased a Sprinter van. Okay. And I customized it. And you
0: customized it and made it a truck? Mm -hmm. What's the name of the company?
1: Tazzy Poo Ice Cream. Okay. (laughs) That's
0: dope. Yeah. That's dope. So, like, how does that work? How do you, like, find your routes? Where do you go? Just We don't drive around. Okay. We
1: mainly do events um, daycare centers. Um, we did one for the, um, not the mayor. Um, anyway, he's like the mayor in South Fulton. We did an, he had a community event. We do those. Um, but people just really book us, you know, for events. And then a lot of times if you're doing an event, you meet people in the community, we do churches, but it has really taken off.
0: How much did it cost you to customize uh, the sprinter? (sighs)
1: 27,000. Okay. But you have to realize I had to buy another van because that original Sprinter van was for my vending business. Okay. And then I had to go out and purchase another van for vending. That was about 27,000. Okay. All in to get started with the ice cream truck. I'm at 60,000, but it's not like your old school ice cream truck. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. And how much does that business make?
1: Right now, it's doing two to 3,000 a week
0: dope dope Mm -hmm. so how are you let's talk about just being an entrepreneur because how are you managing all all of these different businesses I I am
1: busy (laughs) I mean because you make it sound like
0: it's easy but you have a lot a lot going on
1: yeah I mean I kind of try to manage my time um but a lot like trucking is just the systems are set in place so I don't really have to do much with that um every now and then I have consultations people will book me for consultations um And then even with vending, everything is on your computer. So you're able to see what sales you have daily, hourly, um, when something needs to be restocked and things of that nature.
0: Mm. You know,
1: so you kind of know in advance, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. What your schedule is going to be looking like. Correct. Man, that's that's crazy, man. I, mm-hmm. it's, it's just so much you have going on.
1: Thank
0: you. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm baffled. I'm like, man, every every time I ask, you like another business. Yeah. Is there anything else that you that that, that you got going on that you didn't tell not us about really, yet? Not really,
1: not yet. So you,
0: so you got the, the vending machines. You have um the 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 ice cream truck, and you got the dispatch, the trailer mm-hmm. rental, and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, dope, man, dope. And it
1: all came from trucking.
0: And it all came from trucking. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, what's next? What, what else are you looking into? I
1: have a lot of things next. <laughs> but I don't really like to speak on things okay. until I manifest it. Okay. So I just circle back around with me soon. And okay. you'll see. Okay. Yeah.
0: You can't give us a little glimpse into what that might be? Maybe some warehousing? Maybe uh, some...
1: I'm going to say it's food related. Food related. Okay. Okay. Rest- okay. Well, matter of fact, I'll speak it. And so it's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. I'm working restaurant. on a restaurant. What
0: type of restaurant do you want to do? You it's going to be a
1: coffee and dessert bar. Okay.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dope. I love so, it. I love it. All right, Courtney. Well, listen, man, you've, uh, you've dropped a lot of bombs today, man. I Thank appreciate you. it so much. Um, we always like to close out with a final thought. Mm-hmm. So we have to, you know, let the audience know, you know, just whether it's spiritual, entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. just give people some motivation. And then let everybody know where they can connect with you and, and, and learn more about yourself and then mm-hmm. Bumblebee Dispatch.
1: Okay. So the biggest thing I want to leave or the biggest message is sometimes in life we have to step outside of our comfort zone. Being in your comfort zone will hinder you from progressing in life. So I always tell people, again, the other side of fear is freedom. Um, That is how I was able to elevate in life, just stepping outside of that comfort zone and doing things that um, I didn't think I would do or doing things that I was even afraid of doing. Um, And trucking is not always easy, but a lot of times it's the persistence. You know, if you get started in freight brokering, don't give up because you haven't found a shipper in a month. Just be more creative. Figure out what you need to do. What are you doing wrong? And figure out what is it that I can do to get the shipper. You know, if you're doing dispatching and you haven't found a carrier, maybe you should um, just be more creative. Start networking with people because they're out there. You know, even if you have to physically go to the truck stop, pass out cards, and just market yourself. Um, You can find me on social media www.bumblebeedispatch.com, Instagram at Bumblebee Dispatch, Facebook Bumblebee Dispatch, and my Instagram at MissPetty85.
0: There we go. All right, Hustle fam. Man, this was a a jewel packed show. We appreciate it, Courtney. Listen, you know how we do at the end of the show. If you smell something burning, it's only a desire. And Courtney and I, we are out. Mm -hmm. Nice. Doing your thing, man. But well, thank keep, you. Keep, keep pushing, keep growing, thank man. you. That's I
1: appreciate it. That's and dope. another thing too, I just take like whatever money I make in the business, I reinvest it into another business. Yeah. So with trucking I invested it into vending. Vending, I took that and invested into the ice cream truck. So I just keep flipping flipping. because I believe in having multiple sources of income. A lot of people, it's just like if you work a job, right? And I probably should have said this. I'm sorry. That's
0: cool. Keep going. Keep going. going. Okay. (sighs)
1: So it's just like if you work a job, right? And that job say, I'm sorry, we're going to fire you. We don't need you anymore, right? Your paycheck stops. But what happens is your bills don't stop. They're going to keep coming every month. And again, people get complacent. They're just getting up every day, going to their job. They're miserable, and they're not trying to find a way out of this rat race, right? So the same thing with owning a business. Just because you are own a business, it doesn't mean that it isn't difficult. It doesn't mean you're going to make a lot of money because owning a business, you have a lot of expenses. So as you do make money, reinvest that money into something else. You know, now if one of your business fails, You got money coming in elsewhere. You still can pay your bills. But if you just depend in and have all your ads in one basket, that business don't work and it fails. What are you going to do?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, you still may have money saved up, but now you got to figure it out. But while you're making money, figure it out. Go ahead. Invest that into something else. Have multiple streams of income. So you're going to always be. That's how you be wealthy, actually. No doubt. You know, no so doubt. that's I'm, it. I'm
0: inspired, man. I'm inspired. Keep doing your <laughs> I'm hair, not going to talk you to death nah, now. Nah, nah, nah. You was going in. That was, I love it. I love it. <laughs> that, that was fear. Okay. Even if we put it in just that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, yeah. just hold up. We got to drop this nugget real quick. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was dope. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.